Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Esther, and today I'm going to be continuing our series on the life and times of David. And we are focusing specifically at the moment on what we learn about God through David. And so we're going to be focusing on God's sovereignty today. And God's sovereignty, I can imagine for many of us, is something that has already been on our hearts and minds in the last few weeks. And God's sovereignty is so helpfully described, I think, by John Piper as God's rights and power to do all that he decides to do. You see, God has power over everything. He has authority over heaven and earth. I don't know about you, but I have been feeling completely not in control over the last few weeks. I've been feeling not in control over the last year, having encountered issues with health that I'm still not sure what the answer is. But knowing God and knowing who he is has helped me through that. And that's what I hope will come off today. So we are going to be focusing in on a moment in David's life where he goes through immense trial, a moment that's already been sort of unpacked for us by James and Jen. And it is based on a moment where David is currently in the wilderness being pursued by King Saul, who was set on killing him. And he knows exactly what it feels like to not be in control. You see, David has been anointed as king, but is not king yet. So he's in that weird limbo of waiting for God to fulfill the promise he has made to him. But today we're not going to focus so much on how David is not in control. We are going to focus on how God is. So if you want to open your Bibles, we are also going to be fo focusing today on the chapter in 1 Samuel, um, so 1 Samuel chapter 24. And it is the story that we've already heard that I'm going to bring to life again about how David spares Saul's life. So... Off we go. So Saul had finished killing the Philistines and winning the battle against the Philistines. And he heard that David was hiding in the wilderness of Engedi. And so Saul summoned 3,000 men from across Israel to go and hunt down David. And when he was in an area called the Wild Goat's Rocks, he went to a cave to relieve himself. That's the cave. And the cave was so dark that he couldn't see the end of it. And so what he didn't realise was that David and his men were also hidden in the cave. And David's men noticed Saul and said, ah, this is it. This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will deliver the enemy into your hands for you to do with as you wish. And so David crept up unnoticed and slashed a corner of Saul's rope. But after doing this, his heart struck him. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. And with these words, David sharply rebuked his men and stopped them from killing Saul. And so Saul left the cave. And it would seem like an opportune moment to end the story then. But no, you see, David then followed Saul out of the cave and called out to him. My Lord, the king, he said. And as Saul turned around, David went to the floor, his face on the ground. And he said, why do you listen when men say I am set on harming you? This day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord delivered you into my hands in the cave. Some told me to kill you, but I spared you 
I said, I will not lay a hand on my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. And David continued to speak, referring to himself as no more than a flea, saying, may the Lord judge between you and I. May the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me, but I will not touch you. And when he finished speaking, Saul said, is that your voice, my son David? And he wept. You're more righteous than me, he said. Today the Lord delivered me into your hands, but you did not kill me. If a man finds his enemy, will he let him get away safe? I know that you shall surely be king and the kingdom will be established in your hand. Now promise me you won't kill off my family and you won't wipe my name from the history books. And David promised he wouldn't. And Saul went home and David went back up to the stronghold. (sighs) That is some story. And what's amazing is that Only a few chapters later, in chapter 26, we see a very similar story unfold. And in this story, David has an opportunity to kill Saul again. You see, even after this moment of brief redemption, Saul goes to kill David again. And David, when in the centre of Saul's camp, surrounded by around 3,000 sleeping men with just one man, sees a spear. And they see this spear. And the man goes to him again. Hey, this is your moment. Take it. And David says, no, I will not lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. And that is one of the key things for us today that I want us to focus on. And that is David's response. We'll just get to the right part part of our PowerPoint here. Fun things of doing technology for the first time. Here we go. So we're going to focus on David's response. And so when asked, faced with the opportunity to kill Saul, David says no. He says, I will not lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. And by saying that, he's ultimately acknowledging, one, Saul is chosen by God. He's still king. And two, Saul belongs to God. His whole life belongs to God. So therefore, who am I to lay a hand on him? Who am I to take matters into my own hands? And this is one of the key messages of this story. And you see, when David says, no, I will not lay a hand on him, he's ultimately saying, It's not on my hands, it's in God's, because God is sovereign. God has authority over everything. And this is a beautiful moment of surrendering control of David's life. You know, he knows he's been anointed king, but he's saying, not my will be done, but yours and in your timing, because you have authority. And I think understanding the temptation that David is facing really helps us really understand what David is doing in this moment. You see, when David is facing the opportunity to kill Saul. He's facing the temptation to establish his own rule and reign. We've already said he's anointed king, but he's not king yet. This could be the moment to do it. He's facing temptation to end the suffering inflicted by Saul. He's gone from being a man near the king to being fugitive in the desert. How tempting would that be? He's facing the temptation to give and take away human life. He's giving the temptation to please his men. I mean, that was a lot of pressure. Imagine having all your men who are also tired saying, come on, this is the moment. And he's also facing temptation to exact revenge. I mean, doesn't Saul deserve it? But when David says no, when he says no, I will not lay a hand on him, he's actually saying, God, you are sovereign. Because he's saying, God, you reign over king's kingdom and rulers. I don't. He's saying, God, 
you are sovereign in my circumstances, even when they're hard and I don't understand why. He's saying, God, yours is the authority over life and death. Who am I to choose when to give and take it away? He's saying, God, you are sovereign over my men and therefore I live to please you, not them. And he's saying, God, you have perfect justice. I think that is key to understanding God's sovereignty because sometimes we get this idea of sovereign as like a tyrannical dictator and that is not who our God is. When God is sovereign, he has perfect justice, perfect love and perfect mercy and perfect timing. And so David is effectively saying in this moment, hey God, I know that you can do all things and no purpose of yours can be thwarted. I know God that you are in control. And it's amazing because this is a beacon of light to the world around him. And when we have this perspective on life, it's a beacon of light in the world around us. Why? Well, because the world around us often has this kind of perspective. I'm talking very much around the global self, this idea that I am sovereign. I am the captain. I am the master of my fate, as that famous poem goes. But ultimately, that is a tale of trying to cling on to control rather than surrender it to God. And we see this in David's men. I think it's important to understand where David's men are coming from. See, David's men are first introduced to us, so some of the men who are with David in this moment, as those in distress, in debt, or discontented. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because David's men, when they are telling David, kill Saul, they are rejecting God all over again, like we see at the beginning of 1 Samuel. Because they seem to be more devoted to David, for David to be their hope, to get them out of the oppression, rather than being devoted to God. They're saying, David, now is the time establish your kingdom on your timing and your plans rather than we will surrender it to God and trust him and his plans. Because when they say to David, kill Saul, they are essentially saying God doesn't rule over kings, kingdoms and rulers. We do. We can choose when to appoint. They're saying God isn't sovereign over our circumstances. We need to take control. They're saying, God, we can even choose when to give and take away human life. Now is your moment kill him. They're saying, God, David is our ruler. David is our next king, so we're going to put our hope and trust in him. And while David is an amazing man after God's own heart, that will only eventually lead to some form of disappointment because he is also just a man. And they're also saying, hey, we are justified to take revenge. And that is ultimately rejecting God. That is saying it's all on us. That's saying it's all on me. That's saying I am sovereign. And we sang in worship today about how God lifts our burdens. But what David's men are living in is under a massive weight of burdens. I believe this morning God wants to free that from many of us and say, hey, I'm in control. And ultimately what happens when we weigh the weight of the world on our shoulders, and this is a testimony from my own life, I really struggle with being worried. I really struggle with being a perfectionist and wanting to control everything. And God has been teaching me this whole year, through my health, through things not being controlled, hey, I'm in control. Because ultimately, when it's all in us, we struggle with worry, we can struggle with pride, we can become exhausted because we're carrying a weight that's never been ours to bear. And this has been an issue since the beginning of time. I mean, only in Genesis 3 do you see Adam and Eve reject God and say, hey, we want to be our own sovereigns. When they choose to eat from the, from the tree of knowledge, They are saying, we want to be our own gods. And that's the same thing that we see in this story. It's this desire within us to take a load that has never, ever, ever been ours. And we see this in Saul. 
See, King Saul, his decline actually breaks my heart when I read it in the Bible. And I encourage you, if you haven't read all of 1 Samuel, please do. You know, King Saul was chosen and he was loved by God. He was anointed king. Yet, he declines into a state of rebellion and tyranny. And he is so set on killing David. And so much of this has come from the insecurity of trying to carry the crown on his own back rather than acknowledging the one who appointed it and gave it to him in the first place. You see, Saul acknowledges at the end of the story, I know, David, that you will be king and that your kingdom will be established. So there is a moment of redemption, yet he goes to kill David again. And I think for some of us, we can relate to this idea of when when something's out of our control, when maybe we have to let something go, we can sometimes feel this pressure to try and cling on to it rather than say, okay, God, you are sovereign. I don't know why. I don't know your purposes, but here it is. I give it to you. And I really, really felt when I was praying about today that the message of this passage, the message that God wants to say to us specifically today is, Jubilee Church, anyone who's watching online, anyone, wherever you are in the world, look, we are not in control. And I think we all know that. I'm not, I mean, if you look around us in the world right now, I think we've, we're starting to realize that. But hey, it's not on you. It's on me because I am sovereign. And I've put a list of some of the stuff God's sovereign over on the screen right here. And this is, a lot of this has come from a really brilliant John Piper message um, where he talks about sovereign comfort uncertain times and he says in it how god reigns and has authority over everything over the church over your body over flowers animals dna over things that are seen by the naked eye and things that aren't seen over germs molecules galaxies nebulas you name it god has authority over everything which means we can take immense comfort in that when things are spiraling out of control and ultimately it means there is no safer place to be When you're in a situation in life, like I have felt this year, where you're brought to a moment of realizing, wow, I am so not in control. Hey, there is no safer place to be than in the presence of the sovereign God. And David knew this and he recognized this. And you see this in the Psalms, which is how I'm gonna close today. You see in Psalm 57, one to two, David wrote this whilst he was in the wilderness, whilst he was being pursued by Saul. And he says, in the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge till the storm of destructions pass by. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purposes for me. If there's anything you're going to take away from this today, let it be this. God is sovereign. He has control. He has authority. Yet we can also cry out to him. We can pour out songs of lament. We can pour out songs of thanksgiving and rejoice in him. And we can be peaceful and find rest in knowing that, hey, if God can control everything, surely he will fulfill his purposes for me, in my life, his purposes for the world, and ultimately the greatest purpose, which he, is an ongoing story, where we will one day meet Jesus face to face as well. And I'm going to leave it there and hand over to Chris now. But please, if you are watching today and you're feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders, I encourage you this week, take a moment to just fix your eyes on the sovereignty of God. Wherever you can find it, whether that's on a walk, whether it's just having a moment and realizing that every breath that you're now taking, God has authority over. And as you fix your eyes on him, you will realize 
how amazing he is and how he has got everything in control and he will never leave you to walk through it alone.